0: Welcome to The Contractor Commute, a podcast by Congenious, designed to fit right into your daily drive. Whether you're a small business owner, an employee, or off contracting on your own, we've got advice, stories, and leadership tips to help you out along the way. All right, welcome to this episode of The Contractor Commute. Uh, I'm here with Ben Walsh. Uh, And we are uh, talking about kind of the series we started on why good guys fail, kind of the premise being that a lot of times guys are great tradesmen, and great craftsmen. They're good at what they do. They can build well, but their business ultimately goes under or fails in time. And so uh, today we're going to talk about another reason why good guys fail.
1: Yeah, this is a very important topic. You've never heard the story of the bricklayer. I have not. (laughs) Some guys listening to this might have heard this before, but I still enjoy it every time I read it. This is a a bricklayer respond. He had an injury. The insurance company contacts him says, "Can you explain what happened?" He writes this response: "Dear sir, I am writing in response to your request for additional information in block number three of the accident reporting form. I put quote poor planning is the cause of my accident." you asked for a fuller explanation, I trust the following details will be sufficient. I'm a bricklayer by trade. On the day of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building. When I completed my work, I found I had some bricks left over, which when weighed later were found to weigh 240 pounds. Rather than carry the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel by using a pulley, which was attached to the side of the building at the sixth floor. Securing the rope at ground level, I went to the roof, swung the barrel out, and and loaded the bricks into it. Then I went down and untied the rope, holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 240 pounds of bricks. Now, you will note in the accident reporting form that my weight is 135 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Due to my surprise at being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded at a rapid rate up the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, (laughs) I met the barrel, which was now proceeding downward at an equally impressive speed. This explains the fractured skull, minor abrasions on the broken collarbone, as listed in section three of this accident reporting form. Slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid ascent, not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley, (laughs) which I mentioned in paragraph two of this correspondence. Fortunately, by this time, I regained my presence of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope. In spite of the excruciating pain I was now beginning to experience, at approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Now devoid of the weight of the bricks, (laughs) the barrel weighed approximately 50 pounds. I refer you again to my weight. (laughs) This poor schmo. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent down the side of the building. Again in the vicinity of the third floor... (laughs) (laughs) I met the barrel coming up. This accounts for the two fractured ankles, broken tooth, and severe lacerations to my legs and lower body. Now here my luck began to change slightly. The encounter with the barrel seemed to slow me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell into the pile of bricks. And fortunately, only three vertebrae were cracked. (laughs) I'm sorry to report, however, as I lay there in the pile of bricks, in pain, unable to move, and watching the empty barrel six stories above me, I again lost my presence of mind and let go of the rope. (laughs) Anyway, poor guy. Accidents happen.
0: Some good guys fail because they're idiots.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They kind of, (laughs) or they just have that rough day, you know, know? just things just didn't quite, you know, I was, I had this one time I was working with my brother on a project and we're doing a demo. We were, I mean, this is 15 years ago. He's up sawzalling a ridge beam, and I'm watching this whole thing go down. I think this is really a really bad idea. He's probably halfway safe up there, like cutting half the roof down. But I'm watching this thing happen, and I'm looking. i, I got to get out. I'm standing there like, on the other half of the building that he's not, you know, that's like right. half demoed already. Yeah. But I'm thinking this thing could shift. It could move. Where's my exit strategy? I'm thinking, like, get out the window. Or So I'm, I'm standing there hard head on the rest of it. The thing collapses. You know, the supports give out. You know, the hard hat saved my life. Yeah, but you know, stupid things you can see them happening you know, yeah. every time. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh boy, this yeah. is going to be a problem. But yeah. that's not what we're talking about today. No,
0: we're just talking about life insurance next week. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. One of the things uh, we want to talk about today is uh, is uh, just margin, right? Like, what is profit margin? What is overhead? Yeah. You know, I think uh, it gets more complicated again. We have talked about a person who's going out on their own, starting their business, right? Hey, I got a cash flow in. I sold a job. I'm working a job now. Money's coming in. You know, but uh, as jobs start to stack up you know, over time, understanding like, what is my margin? What's my overhead and how much money is the business making? Because it's more than just, you know, customer one gave me money and I did work customer two, but it's figuring out how much money are you actually making?
1: Yeah. I mean, a margin, we use the word in all kinds of different areas of life. I mean, margin is just space that we, we try to allow on our calendars to get between places. It's margin in life of just not trying to do too many things where we have space to spend with our families rejuvenate so we we use this term in all kinds of contexts if you're a printer you know you leave margin around the pages so you can you know hold them and you can read things i mean there's it's a very important aspect of life and then in business obviously we have a little bit of a same kind of idea it's that space between our costs and what we end up charging the customer and profit margin will leave like the grows operating that profit margin for the accountants. But let's let's make this simple today. We don't yeah. want to bore anybody hope, any more than we have already. <laughs> <laughs> so people are dropping yeah. like flies. Yeah. Next. I can switch over to Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? like, yeah, clearly, these guys have no yeah. idea what they're doing, which is true. Yeah. At least on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day, we want to have margin. To be able to pay our operating expenses, reinvest in the business, have money to take home—that's that's the idea. Having that space between our costs and what we're going to charge customers. Yeah. And so I think there's a little bit of a disconnect when we talk about overhead, like what is overhead, and I see the most confusion in the guys I talk to in contracting. Their misunderstanding of what overhead is, and so I think we should just dive into overhead. Yeah. Yeah. So if we get into, uh, you know, I think
0: the base definition of margin makes sense. It's like, you know, it's extra space, you know, like it's in the space you need to cover mistakes, cover gaps. Great point. You know, the mistakes. Um, Yeah. Like you don't fill a cup up to the brim and then walk around with it. You need margin to give you space to move, you know, breathing room. I think overhead, I think it's something that people probably um, it's a big word, but like
1: break it down. I mean, what's typical overhead in
0: in a contractor's
1: yeah. And I think one of the biggest ones is missed. Like we all, you know, the typical ones with what's the rent for the office. What is the, you know, what is the phone cost? I mean, these are overhead items like, you know, the electric bill. Uh, we're talking about costs of equipment, tools, all the rest of it. But you know, what is, I mean, well, at the end of the day, some of the the big ones that's missed is some of the office expenses like labor. You have an office manager, he or she is not producing anything. So that's overhead. Yeah. So any, any employee, and, and this is the one we miss ourselves, how much are, You know, if you're the business owner and you're not out there pounding nails, you're overhead. Yeah. You're not billing hours for yourself to a customer. Right.
0: Somehow. Yeah, you are not making money. Like you're you're not a revenue generating part of the deal.
1: Right. Somebody else is pounding the nails. So and whatever's left over covers your time and bidding the job and all the rest of it. So make sure we factor that in there. Yeah. That make that you know big mistake. So the labor expenses, non-production labor is overhead. So if somebody's not getting something done, it's not happening on the job, salesperson, office manager, any kind of uh, supervisory type of things, it's all overhead. Then you got the office expenses, paper, electronics, all that kind of thing. Uh, Another big one, insurance. I mean, I think every business, particularly contracting, you're paying some big rates there. Yeah. What type of insurance should everyone have? Well, this is not something to cut corners on. Uh, General liability is the easy one to get. Workman's comp is the expensive one. Um, the owner exclusion is kind of the guy. You know, if you're the single man shop, you can get an owner exclusion, pay five hundred bucks to a thousand dollars a year, get a get a policy that essentially covers anybody else that works for you or a subcontractor that, that doesn't have it. So you need that because if anybody, if somebody gets hurt on your job, even if you exclude yourself as the owner and you have a great medical policy, I mean, what's the benefit? I mean, you should probably pay for it on yourself anyway. It's not right. that expensive. Yeah, particularly if you're just supervising, you know, like three yeah. like percent whatever, yeah. pay it. But even if you exclude it, at least that gives you the opportunity. If somebody does go after you, you got a guy that said he had workman's comp, didn't have it or it expired. He didn't pay his policy. You're covered from the client going yeah. after you. Right. So yeah, workman's comp, get it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and obviously, are, yeah, yeah, these are all recurring costs too, right? These, right. You know, these are things where you got to factor in yeah. the cost of doing business. Yeah. Yeah. Now I would, I would kind of put workman's comp a little bit outside of the, Overhead category somewhat, because it is relational to a production expense. You know, you pay Bob 30 bucks an hour to go out there and work, and then you have taxes and insurance on sort of on top of his. So it's sort of the cost of his wage. Yeah. It's part of it. So it is sort of tied with production. If you're not having anything getting done, you're not paying workman's comp on it necessarily. So yeah. it is more of a an operating expense related to not so, I mean, like your general liability insurance and your base workman's comp fee, if you really want to break it down is overhead. But
0: uh, then you have your advertising
1: interest on your loans, you know, that kind of thing that, I mean, that that's, that's your overhead.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> that's basically your cost of doing business, right? Yeah. Like, so I think, you know, someone goes into business and this might sound very generic, but you know, customer one pays you $10,000 for a job. You didn't make $10,000, yep. right? Like you have your
1: overhead costs. You got to factor yep. in to figure out how much are you actually making? And the fun <laughs> thing about this is it goes up over time. So suddenly you go from, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 you know, and it's tough to track too. I mean, here you, you know, we, we go into business together. We're having a great old time. We got one truck and, you know, pouches and the rest of it costs us hardly anything to to do business. Then we're like, let's get legit, get an office, hire an office manager. And we're like, we're still charging 10% overhead. I think it kind of gets into the whole, you know, where we have this scenario where two guys could be charging different markup rates off of their costs of things. Mm -hmm. You might be charging a $1,000 to do a job. Uh, Sorry, your cost for the job, a $1,000. You mark it up 20%. I come along, my costs are identical, but I market up 30%. And say we both walk away with 10% profit at the end of the day, assuming our costs are the same. Well, I've just got higher overhead than you
0: do. Right. Because you might have an office manager, right? You might have you know, uh, more month to month costs. So, how does so someone needs if you're in business, you need to understand what your overhead is. Yeah. How should you, and you should on a, what, calculate on like a month to month basis? Like, should you have a picture of, hey, month to month, this is what I expect my overhead to be?
1: How yeah. do you calculate? So it's not necessarily all that complicated to calculate outside of accounting software. You can pull reports on, an, on it and maybe even talk to your accountant about getting, if you have one, if you're doing it yourself, then you, know, then you basically need to pull some out into a spreadsheet and say, okay, what really are my overhead expenses? And then track them, not just month to month, but maybe look at them over the, a period of time. So you can see what's going up, <clears throat> what's going down, And then make sure you don't miss something that you get billed one time for a lot of guys are paying their general liability insurance for the entire year up front, So it's part of their overhead, but you got to average it across. Yeah. Every June, my overhead jumps up by (laughs) several hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So averaging it out, getting the spreadsheet together or a list paper, whatever, getting together saying, these are my expenses. This is what I'm paying Um, Mm. in the aggregate is what pay per month. Is it going up? Yeah. So knowing what it was last month, knowing what it is this month, in my business, when I was contracting, we were ran across this variable rate of overhead, depending on um as we grew, the overhead went up really the base expenses went up, but at the same time, we're supposed to be getting more done because of that overhead, right right? We have an estimator, we could bid more jobs, we've got an office manager, we can hopefully manage the office better, and you know my time's freed up to do other things yeah and I could sell more jobs,, yeah. or so whatever's going yeah. on. So in theory, increased overhead means increased production, but you need to know what your production rate is because sometimes the overhead increase doesn't tie to increased production. Yeah. You buy a new truck. Does that really increase your production? Right? Yeah.
0: I think it's, we're probably guys get a little haywire is, you know, they assume that you have growing the bit. What, what actually is growing your business, you know, um, is hiring an office manager, going to help you make more money or not and then how do you calculate that into what you're bidding and estimating jobs at to cover that monthly overhead so if you're building how how should you approach then i need to price my work the Mm -hmm. right way Mm -hmm. so that i can obviously cover my overhead which is my recurring expenses that's just the cost of doing business you're not really you are not actually making any money on any of those things that's just the cost of doing it um so how do you build in margin because that's the goal right you're trying to build margin into your job so that you're making more money than you need to make um, to cover some of that extra space. So um, how do you how do you price jobs, and what's the importance of understanding overhead? How do you calculate those things in there to make sure that your production rate is actually getting you paid? Yeah. Some people grow their business, right? They they get a they hire somebody. On, yep. They have two or three people working for them. They start. They get an office space. They start doing these things, and maybe their volume of work is going up, but they're actually making less money. That mm-hmm. happens all the time. Oh yeah. Um, what's the pitfall there, and how should you what what approach should you take to growing your business
1: in that space? If you know what the overhead you Know what constitutes your overhead first off. These are my categories, these are my costs. My business, it, you know, went from being a couple of grand a month to being up to thirty two thousand dollars. in one month, we had an overhead just related to you know, it's just crazy, yeah. Pay, payrolls, uh, payroll for office staff, equipment, all the rest of it. And it, I mean, when I start talk about equipment, it's more or less that that maintenance of things, you know, you're talking about mileage on your trucks. And some of that you can probably tie into production somehow, but you know, it's tough to do that. So we just, we just said, Hey, that's overhead. It's cost of doing business. Yeah. Um, and it added up to a big chunk of money. So what you need to know is what can we output as a company? What's yeah. our production output? And the output is basically the services you can render and the materials you can deliver. And this is what you can put out. This is what you can charge people to do in any given period of time. So if you've got four guys working, And for different businesses, it's going to be slightly different. If you're doing fixed costs, this is a real tricky one because you're telling somebody, I'm going to do a $50,000 job. If you can get $25,000 of that job done in a month, your production output is $25,000. Yeah. If you have $5,000 of overhead, $20,000 of that uh, job is for your materials and for your profit. Right. The other five, you'll never, I mean, obviously that went to pay the bills, right? If you have two jobs going on. You kind of diluted some, Yeah. you got two jobs, you got $25,000 that you, and it's not what you build the customer. It's what you got done. It's yeah. production. Yeah. Know?
0: I think that's a good thing because you can sell a job, but then you got to complete the job. So if I sell you a $50,000 job, but I'm only capable, that's going to take me two months of time to do it. Yep. My out, my production output is $25,000. If I've got overhead that's creeping up because I've got the support staff and I had to get that new truck and I had you know, all of those yeah. things. If that number is creeping up and outpacing my production, it doesn't matter how many jobs you sell. Because yeah. I think that's the thing too, is where you get that contractor who's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And I got, you know, initial and yeah. so then I'm not I'm you know, I'm spacing out. I'm now I'm going to a different job site every day of the week to keep customers just happy enough to hopefully get those jobs finished to get enough again, dollars coming in to cover yeah. this month. And I think that's where people go south is they, it's not just about selling work. Um, it's about managing your overhead and creating margin by understanding
1: your production output of yeah. what can you, what can you do? And it's tricky to track that because I mean, some jobs are more complex than others. And if you're in that space of remodeling and you're trying to gauge, well, how far along really are we at this point in the job? It's tough to gauge that. And and what we did was to basically break down the reg- original scope of work and estimated costs and look at, okay, we got, uh, each line item demolition and then the sub lines of demolition. And then we'd check off, okay, what was done and what was the cost associated with that and or a percentage of it. Yeah. So if we had half done with the demo and the aggregate in a month, we'd say, okay, well that was, you know, if we bid $10,000 for the demo and we got half of it done. Well, we earned $5,000 on that. What we built the customers irrelevant. They might've paid 20% upfront. Well, We didn't earn 20% yet. Right. So the cash might be in the bank, but it has is totally uh, unrelated to understanding our picture of overhead. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, if you don't, because if you don't get
0: this, what happens is you get to the red light, green light budgeting.
1: Right. And you might do with your personal
0: budget where it's like, hey, there's money in the bank. Light's green, you know, like, right. Let's go get the new shoes, you know, or whatever the thing is that you do (laughs) in your personal money. I think in your business, you do the same thing. It's like money in the bank doesn't mean profit earned. and doesn't mean that you actually are making money. It means there's money in the bank. There might be cash flow, but if there's not margin because you don't know your overhead and you haven't measured your production output, you can still very much go bankrupt. It might take you a year or two to get there. Um, but if you don't understand these principles, I think what happens is, I call it the red light, green light budgeting. Like, hey, money in the account slow. Like, we've all been there personally. It's yeah. like, yes, you're not spending money this month. The count's low, <laughs> red light, you know. Um, but you've got to be strategic and smart about how you're spending that money. Knowing how much is coming in, what is in your pipeline, what are the costs you do business every month, and then bidding jobs appropriately, you know, to make sure that you're, you're actually making money. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's important to understand like, Hey, what is my, you know, what does it all cost and what do I need to price things at to actually make
1: money? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, it's seems quite simple. We just need to figure out our costs, mark it up appropriately, track it over time and make sure that as things go up, we're adjusting things appropriately. As production increases, as our output, we can charge more in a month for the stuff we get done. Yep. We've got that, that, that overheads not outstripping our production. Yeah. It's happened in my business. Yeah. One month we just, you know, got nothing done. I mean, we're just doing corrective work. We're going back there, finishing jobs off, doing the punch list. Yeah. You're not billing anybody for punch list. Nobody's paying extra for the punch list. Yeah. Yeah. No money came in that month. Right. You're busy. You are working. But all those things are, those are production hours. Yep. And suddenly the overhead goes to the roof. The other part about this, Drew, that, that I think we need to dive into next is really talking about what happens in a scenario where you understand both of these numbers, the production output, you understand your overhead, but you have that month where you're slow. You need to be able to track and see what, how that fits in the overall picture and understand the overhead over time because right. you know your production rate over time. Yeah.
0: Cause you're gonna have feast and famine, right? Yep. You're going to have months that go really well and months that don't, yep. you know, um, and, and planning for that in advance. So you're not going month to month, week to week, hoping you can make ends meet, you know, again, going back to where we started, which was creating margin for yourself. Yep. And some of that's margin is, it's mm-hmm. obviously financial, but when you can create margin financially, it also gives you some margin mentally, right? To where you are not stressed
1: out over every single
0: thing because you've got some margin that you've baked into the process.
1: So it sounds really heady. I mean, we talked about some, you know, yeah. throwing math around. Yeah. It not everybody loves math. A lot of us hate right. it. But at the end of the day, diving into this and really trying to understand it would just do wonders for your business. It's something yeah. every guy's got to figure out. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, it's part of what we're doing as a business and developing our software is, yeah. is really trying to n- nail yeah. this problem. We're trying to help guys get,
0: create predictable outcomes. You know, yeah. like, how do you know? I mean, math might be math, but you want to know, like, what I really want to know is am I making money or not? At the end of the month, what was my profit? How much money am I taking home? Can I take my family on vacation or not? You know, yeah. like yeah. those are things you got to know. And at the end of the day, if you don't have a math based process uh, in line about what is your overhead, what's your margin, how much money are you making, how much you need to charge to create that outcome for yourself, um, you'll end up not getting it. You know, you're going to be in the backseat of your own car, hoping that you arrived to profitability with someone else driving. I think understanding this and getting a grip puts you back in the driving the driver's seat of your own business, making sure you can get where you need to go financially to make sure you're sustainable, you're profitable, and you're enjoying your work, enjoying your life. You know,
1: When we implemented this in my business, it was revolutionary. When I understood week to week what the overhead was for the previous week based on how we averaged it across, like saying, yeah. well, this is, we're paying this amount of money every month. We could figure out the overhead percentage weekly because we knew how much we produced. So we'd say this is the rate that goes up and this we would track that over time it was so freeing because we know what we made last week right we know we yeah. knew if we made money yeah and then the other fun thing about this too is if you knew you lost money you'd say well why yeah and so suddenly you you'd have that data that you really say oh you know what we did something for free let's go charge that guy let's you know have a yeah. conversation right let's do a change order." and yeah. so i mean it's, it does wonders for your business so especially as you grow you know the yep. bigger you get the more yep. this has
0: to be dialed in all right Ben, i appreciate the time uh, again talking about Why good guys fail and how do we help overcome some of those uh, roadblocks and pitfalls of the business? Understanding margin overhead, big part of it. So thanks for talking us through it. Thanks, Drew.